Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCullough. Thank you very much, Dick Warren and my dear listeners. We're talking today with Dr. Jill McDivitt. It's Valentine's Day if you're listening alive, and if you're not, it still was Valentine's Day. And uh, we're delighted to talk to Dr. Jill because she is the sexologist. You can find her on the web at the, T-H-E, sexologist, S-E-X-O-L-O-G-I-S-T, dot O-R-G. Don't go to .com, go to O-R-G. And you can find out all about her blog, her books, her classes. And uh, might as well, while you're there, order the book, Sex Positions for Everybody and Fighting the Crusade Against Sex, as well as the upcoming hashtag 88 Dates. Um, tell us a little bit, uh, Dr. Jill, about 88 Dates. What's the, what's the big plan or premise there? Yeah. So um, my husband and I, we're, you know, we're sweethearts. We have a really good time together. Um, and we used to live in Pennsylvania. Now, now I'm in sunny San Diego. But when I was living in Pennsylvania, summers were very precious. You only had like two and a half, three months of the year to really get out and explore things. So we would have, have a habit of at the beginning of the summer making a list of all the things we wanted to go do, make sure we get that camping trip in, make sure, you know, whatever it is. And then the one summer that May was the um, – that shooting at um, the um, UC Santa Barbara, as you may recall, a couple of this 2013 or 2014. And it was one of the mass shootings, and it was coming from a space where the shooter specifically targeted women because he felt that he was entitled to sex with women, and he's like, I'm a young guy, and they should want to have sex with me, and he felt, you know, they were, he was deprived of this, and he went to take his vengeance out on women, and he murdered a bunch of women. And I was absolutely this story. Yeah, about, this story took a bad turn quickly. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're distraught, right? I'm sorry about it. I was absolutely distraught, and so I wanted to turn my husband and I going out on dates and doing something powerful and fun and a connection and just remembering that there's good stuff in the world after these types of things happen. So we turned, you know, we really spent a lot of time coming up with things that were really going to be good ways to spend time together that summer. It turned into, you know what? I had a big, so, you know, I have a big social media following. I was like, let's turn this also into a learning and modeling opportunity, cutting down on gender myths about what women are supposed to do, what men are supposed to do. Let's go on dates together that are very gendered. So we went and got our nails done together, and he did that. And I went and went, you know, and did an autocross with him and car racing. And so we just had a lot of fun together and modeled healthy relationships and healthy masculinity. Um, for our followers. And it turned into this idea of going on 88 unique dates throughout the year. So it turned out not just the summer. And 88 dates is several times a week. So this was something we really had to stay on top of and do a lot of planning. And it started to get quite a following. And people were really inspired by all that we were doing, both the reason behind it, but also just the fun that we were having and the connection and the uniqueness of exploring outside our boundaries. We did the weirdest and most off-the-wall thing. We went to a cat show at a cat convention. We, I mean, anything was, was fair game outside of our comfort zone. And so this really has been years now, and we do it every year. Keep unique. So now we're on you know, several hundred unique dates. And people really just have resonated. It's really, really resonated with people, this idea of, 
intimacy and spending time together and stepping outside your boundaries. And so it kind of turned into quite a thing. So I decided to turn it into a book um, because um, people were interested in that. And I just turned it into as a Valentine's Day special, um, doing a 10-day challenge where every day I send you a date and I give you ways to support you through, you know, whether it's a money situation or you have kids or, you know, you don't have time or whatever gets in our way of doing this type of activity in our lives with our loved ones. Um, and, you know, supporting and giving also the research back on why unique um, and, you know, novelty in relationships is really important and spending time together is really important. Prioritizing spending time with them is really important. So that's something that I'm offering right now. So it started, yeah, sorry to start it off. It started in a bad place, but it's turned into this beautiful thing, and I'm really happy about that. I love that. And how perfect for someone who does what you do and is a sexologist to mm-hmm. take things that are, you know, tragedies and turn them into triumphs. Really beautiful. So there's a 10-day unique dating yeah. challenge. How do we get in on this? So it's at the sexologist.org and you go to the challenges link. Challenges. And I have the early okay. bird special that's going on today. So if anybody's got last minute <laughs> Valentine's Day gifts, they're like, oh no, giving a, presenting this as your gift, it would be lovely. It starts on Monday. So you can get your um, you know registration in today. And Monday starts with an email. Like I said, you get you know a unique things that you can do together and all the support and private Facebook group where we cheer each other on and you can post your cute like date pictures and it's a really lovely supportive environment. I've done one on sexual self-care and that was really, really powerful. So I'm sure this will be equally as, as powerful for folks. And what a deal. The early bird price. Today only kids. Today only. Get in there. The sexologist.org under challenges. Early bird price, $34 per couple. You can't afford not to do this thing. 10-day unique <laughs> dating challenge based on the hashtag 88 dates project. Okay. Um, let's talk about some – let's get up in this uh, piece about some sexual politics. Actually – Oh, my yeah. favorite. Yeah. So, first of all, let's go back a step. You said, man, this whole uh, Fifty Shades thing, it's not really working. It's not really great. Uh, And there are some great ways to get into the BDSM world where you can actually, you know, people who are tops have responsibility for, like, knowing and Mm -hmm. caring for and making sure that it's it's a positive experience for everyone, even when it's being a negative, you know experience uh and people who are giving up you know or submissive are really doing it in a conscious way is there is there a better introduction than this uh 50 shades stuff for people who are interested in getting into that should they go uh get the submission of emma marks is there a book that people should be reading that's better than in your opinion than the 50 shades yeah you know it's not it's not a sexy book like you know 50 shades but it's a good primer it's called sm 101 and it's pretty straightforward, and it is it, it, the minutia and the detail that the writer gets into about every question you can possibly ask. What about this, and how do you get into this, and different you know types of rope fiber, and how that will feel. Like it gets, it's a primer, but also if you know you want to dive deep, um, really, really um, excellent book. Actually, even as you know a practitioner, uh, you know as a sexologist, learning that for you know for clients is really, really helpful for me. So if it's something that you're uh, interested in. Um, exploring this will definitely give you the the you know the straight truth on how it happens <laughs> the straight truth see what you did there okay uh let's talk about something oh gosh i know i promised you sexual politics but i think we got to talk about one other thing first but i think it's sure. involved in sexual politics which is so i'm reading this study that was done with all these teenagers about where they learn about sex and what their activities are and stuff and it's okay you know i mean i get that there's you know um 
reputation issues and, you know, the amount of fellatio and different things. And especially in the Tinder culture where people are sort of taking the intimacy out of the most intimate of acts, right, arguably sex. Um, But I was appalled, shocked and horrified and kind of terrified for my children's generation that there seems to be a lot of emphasis on anal penetration. Is this a thing? Is this something that, that as a society we should worry about? Is this like, it's okay, we'll get over it in two more years? What, what do you think is going on there? Um, you know, when I mean, we talked about the crisis of sex education earlier, and one of the you know, well-done folks, what we did uh, is that we've petrified people um, about pregnancy. We've done, a, we've done so much about shaming teen pregnancy and shaming uh, birth control and shaming, you know, all the ways that people take care of themselves uh, with reproduction and don't and STIs. And we've just spent 20 good years um, obsessed with abstinence in these things. Right. So it doesn't really surprise me that people are like, well, pregnancy is horrifying and you know, abortion is a horrifying. Yeah, all these things that we're not allowed to do and are bad and politicized. So, well, that you know, oral sex, anal sex, you know, other things are ways to not have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be one guess and take I have. Um, you know, also it's different. You know, it's um, it's you know, kind of an interesting and, and different kind of thing. Um, so. It can feel good, so there's always that. You know, it always goes down to why are people doing this? I'm like, does it feel good? That's probably one of the reasons that they're doing it. Um, so I think that those are probably a part of it. Um, but a lot of adults do also, so uh, I'm not sure uh, percentage-wise if this is um, something that's changed, but it wouldn't surprise me for the reason that I, yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, for me, the, the, the horror, terror, or concern is that, you know, it's... Um, Something that with uh, the advent of, you know, so much easily available free porn that, you know, because the porn stars are doing it now, you know, kids in in school are going to do it. I'm uh, uh, I'm reminded that, you know, it seems like every generation, right, there was has some source of good sex information, right? I remember when, uh, you know, I'm old enough to know everything you've always wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask. And then there was the joy of sex mm-hmm. generation, you know, where they had like drawings mm-hmm. with hair in places. And so you could, you used to be able to like go to your parents' bookshelf and, and learn something when they were out. Um, and then there's, you know, uh, you're perhaps more in the generation of like love line, right? Where if you listen to the radio late at mm-hmm. night, Dr. Drew and Adam Carr would sort of guide you into wiser moves in your in your uh, <laughs> sexual and romantic life. Is there something that's out there today that you recommend to people? Like, if you want to know about, you know, better, if you want to be better informed, if you want to get sort of the the true truth, this is a spot for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, now there's great internet um, and online resources, but if we're talking books, I really like it's called the Guide to Getting It On. It's as thick as a phone book, and it is very, I mean, as you can tell by the title, very honest and real and straightforward, and um, it has a a new edition every year, so it's always up to date, always staying finger on the pulse of what's going on culturally. Um, It's a great book. All the books you mentioned, I'm looking at my bookshelves as we speak, and I'm like, I have all those, (laughs) Um, just uh, The Joy of Sex and um, collecting the books as they come out and become more ever more progressive and i really like the guide to getting it on as a modern iteration but there's also a lot of like youtube channels 
um, that really do a good job of being sex positive um, and really informative. There's a lot of blogs. Um, so I think that might be more realistic places um, for young people like um, Lindsay Doe and um, is great uh, YouTube. And um, I really like the body is not an apology um, for uh, like more of a general body sex positive um, uh, Instagram account. So things like that, I think are really great resources. Nice. Thank you so much. Okay, let's get mm-hmm. to it. So sure. we're in a we're in a really a watershed moment as a culture, at least in the in the United States these days, of this Me Too movement. And look, there's a million yeah. ways we could talk about this, including you know what what about people who are unjustly accused? Although really, nineteen twenty people accuse you. I'm pretty sure there's some fire in that smoke. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to bring it in from a unusual aspect. Um, the the comic Gerard Carmichael, do you know this guy? He had a show on NBC for a while. He has this line in mm-hmm. in one of his comedy specials that rang so like edgy to me, but also a little bit true. And what he says is, all sex is a little bit rapey. That there's some power dynamic. Uh, um, what I take from that, forgive me, I'm not trying to explain the joke, but, uh, you know, that there's some power dynamic, there's some... Uh, tension between the um, between or among the participants in sex, and that it's kind of part of the fun part, right? Is the conquering being conquered piece? But clearly, in a political realm or in the political context, it's a terrible idea. How do you bridge that gap, or or how do you invite people to take that on? I mean, I've heard quotes like that before, um, and I I disagree. Um, and that's because, you know, I understand what they're saying. Like, in a patriarchy, like, inherently is any anyone able to, you know, consent when there's all these social forces and dynamics. However, to, to buy into this mo- model, we have to then believe that nobody has sexual agency, right? So what, you know, what we're then saying is that women or men or anybody really um, doesn't have any agency over their own sexual bodies, that they aren't capable of making decisions to say yes, right? We focus on the saying no piece, right? But to say yes. So when one says, I want to have sex, I want to do this, I want to have this connection with you, and to say, no, you really don't, you know, you're feeling forced to say that. Or, you know, there's a power dynamic here that's making you – um, I feel like it's riskier, and I don't want to live in a world where that's true. I don't want to believe that I can't say yes to something, or if I say yes, that there's somebody who's going to be, like, not trusting me. Um, so I really think it's more important for us to to believe the no's, but also believe the yeses. And so I, I don't subscribe to that idea, although I appreciate, you know, the idea that there is power going on, for sure. Well, if you don't mind, let's let's dial, delve into this because it seems to me that especially yeah. when it comes to sex, you're dealing with this a fair amount, right? There's in in almost any sexual relationships that I'm aware of, there's a there's some element, even in multi partner things, there's some element of you know there are aggressors and receivers. There's a pitcher and a catcher. There's a you know somebody who's chasing and someone who's being chased, or someone uh, who's you know. Um, excited to welcome you and somebody who's being welcomed. Does that make sense? And so in that, 
dynamic of sex, right? And and look, probably in healthy relationships, not that I've ever been in one, um, there's maybe even a changing of the roles, right? You talk about in hashtag 88 mm-hmm. dates, right? That like, hey, let's try different roles out. Let's see if you like getting your toenails painted or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it strikes me as still a, a like sort of a constant tension between that like, hey, I want you, do you want me notion and this sort of uh, taking it out of the sexy realm and into the into the personal attacks realm, where it's like, I want you and you must submit. Um, how do you do? You, is it any clearer what I'm asking, or is it is the same answer? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, my understanding of, um, I mean, I, I I hear you're saying um, like all relationships have that kind of dynamic. Um, but in like a more in like a BDSM type setting, um, the argument is that the bottom or you know the sub or mm-hmm. submissive um, is really the one with the power, right? Because they're the one who gets to ultimately put a stop to it, or you know they're the one. It's basically their limits are the one you know is the limit, um, and so I think it's not as black and white as, you know, that there's a catcher and a pitcher. I think it can be really complicated. And I think that's the beauty, but also kind of the aura of like why sexuality is so powerful and why, you know, thinking about it gets us all, you know, confused, but, you know, intrigued because there isn't a simple answer. I don't think it is that simple, I guess. I don't know <laughs> how to explain the complication, or even if I understand it fully myself, honestly. But I think I, I, my my hunch is like it's it's more complex than a simple power exchange. I think, yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm thinking with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, and look, it's an impossible question to answer, right? I, you it know, is. I, own, I, <laughs> I own that. But what I'm what I'm also pointing to is that, uh, you know, God, I would love it if we lived in a society where, uh, as I think you've talked about all throughout our conversation today, where we can both have fun with it and play with. Because, you know, when you're in a nice banter situation with someone, either intellectually or romantically or flirting in a flirtatious thing, right, where you, they're sort of pushing you away and you're sort of aggressing or, or vice versa, that you know when it's play and when it's fun like that. But then I think we also all know when we're in one of those dynamics and we don't want to be there, right? Like the other person, you know, um, it's, it's very rare, certainly, and I'm not suggesting that it's at all the same thing as what the Me Too people are dealing with. But every once in a while in my life, you know, I've been with someone who was aggressively sexual towards me and I was like, ooh, not into it, right? And, um, sure. you know, it, there's finesse on both things, right? There's finesse in getting somebody interested who, who might like the, you know, sort of flirtatious aspects. And there's also finesse in turning someone's attention away from you when it's unwelcome. Any any tips for uh, women uh, and and men, but I think mostly women in in this day and age who are experiencing that unwanted attention? Is there some some uh, approach or something that you recommend that people take on? Yeah, I mean, I I hesitate to you know to to Generalize. go with that angle because I think a lot yeah. of times it's it's about what women are doing or not doing. Um, mm. So you know, I'll say you know, don't be afraid to be so-called rude. You know, a lot of times yeah. I think yeah. women we deal with stuff because we're you know we don't want to seem rude. 
And I'm just like saying, go away. I don't, I'm not interested. Goodbye. <laughs> like, you right. know, just, if you're not interested, you're not interested. Um, but I think the issue is that resident, their reticence to say, no, I'm not interested. Go away. Is that bothering? Whatever it is, is that we have so many experiences of men becoming violent when we do say that. And so I really want to focus on like, what can men be doing to re- better read signals or better to, to, to err on the side of no and and tread lightly as that flirting and that banter and that, you know, aggressiveness of sexual pursuit is occurring um, because the onus is really on the pursuer to be clear um, about their sexual intentions and to receive um, no's and disinterest with compassion and humility um, because a lot of times that, you know, one might say ever so politely, oh, you know, I'm not really interested, but thank you, or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, all right, expletive, expletive, expletive. I never liked you anyway. You're right. a this and you're a that. We're worse. Um, there's a whole online community of people, of, you know, people taking screenshots from Tinder or other online dating where, you know, someone's like, you want to go out or I'm interested. And, you know, someone's like, no, thank you. And then it's just a barrage of violence and, um, and, you know, so with my in keeping with the, the world of compassion around sexuality, um, we really need to be compassionate and empathetic about um, when we're pursuing someone sexually to, to not make them feel uncomfortable and not really have to put them in a position where we are making them feel that way. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. Again, it's difficult, complicated, nuanced, all the things that always is with sexuality. Yeah, and I, I, I really hear the call for more education and more compassion, but also more conversation yeah. like this. You know, people get this idea in their head because they're spending time on screens or on websites or whatever, and then they get the idea that, you know, you can go immediately from, hey, do you want a cup of coffee to, you know, hey, do you want to, uh, you know, see my open bathrobe? No, I do not. <laughs> a cup of coffee does not <laughs> equate, <laughs> right? And that, you know, yeah. I'm hearing your call for compassion. I'm hearing your call for education. And if you don't mind, I'll throw in my call for uh, Despacito. You know, this whole notion that we're in such a freaking hurry that you can swipe right and 20 minutes later be, you know, um, in somebody's bedroom with them. It, it seems to me that there's a couple of steps missing there, or at least a couple of important steps of getting to know someone, you know, invite, have a cup of coffee, just be a cup of coffee, and actually find out if you like that person. Am I uh, too old-fashioned? Have I missed the boat here? Or <laughs> do you think that um, moving a little slower well, uh, okay, is good? Okay, so I'll frame it like this. I think there's space for that, uh, certainly. You know, sometimes that can work for people and that's what they need and that's the type of connection. And if everybody is adulty and consenting and cool <laughs> with that arrangement, I say, have at it. However, I do see what you're saying that there really seems to be, um, Oh, um, what's the word? Like just a, a, a lack of desire to see the other person on the other end of the phone or whatever vehicle you're meeting these folks mm-hmm. as a human being. Mm-hmm. I really do see there there's a dehumanization component that's that's been happening with Tinder and online, yes. where it's literally uh, like some folks, there's a phenomenon of people just swiping on every single person, messaging the same copy and paste to every single person and just seeing what sticks. 
Um, whereas, you know, and, and but pretending like they're in a relationship, and that's where the key piece is. There's a betrayal. Like, like there's pretending like I'm interested in you. Hey, I really let's get a cup of coffee, and they're not really interested in that. They're just wanting to have sex. So just say that you want to have sex or get on a platform for people who want to have sex and the people. So I think it's about being authentic right. um, and just saying, you know, and being real. Tell the um, truth. Whereas a lot of things is if you want to just jump into bed then get together with people who also want to jump into bed. But I think there's a lot of people who are looking for love and looking for companionship and they're being led on these wild goose chases by people who pretend they do and they really just want to have sex. Well, our time has flown by. So education, oh my getting real, and <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> these wonderful opportunities to work with you. Once again, the website is thesexologist.org. Uh, this is Dr. Jill. Check out the books. Definitely get that 10-day unique dating challenge. Uh, go get that immediately because the early bird special is today only. Uh, with about 15 seconds left, any last thoughts you want to leave people with? A parting shot or a parting thought? But it's got to be quick. Oh, um, yeah, just, just love on yourself this Valentine's Day. I know a lot of times there's stuff that comes up if you're single or if you're not in a relationship. Like, this can be love for you, too. It's all good. Love on yourself. Put it out into the world. Beautiful. Dr. Jill McTivitt, thank you so much for being with us. Have a happy Valentine's Day. And a happy Valentine's Day to you, our listeners. Uh, Another extraordinary edition of The Coaching Show. I learned a lot. Hope you did, too. And we will talk to you, as every week, next week. Thanks for listening. Nowadays, Internet devices are an integral part of your home. Everyone in your family has a smartphone, tablet, or a computer. Life is easier knowing that all your devices are secured and your family can surf the Internet carefree. ESET Multi-Device Security Pack does just that. One license for all your devices. With ESET, it's simple to stay protected and save money. Enjoy safer technology with ESET Multi-Device Security Pack at ESET.com. That's E-S-E-T dot com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. 
the San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.